Welcome back to the Mobile Economy Podcast. This is part two of last week's episode on the restaurant business and how it impacts the mobile business, mobile delivery services such as uh, Uber Eats, DoorDash, Postman. So this is a interview that we had started last week and this is the continuation of it. Looking at the numbers for the uh, PPP stimulus that have come out for restaurants and food trucks, it looks like a maximum of 4.8% of the uh, food service companies have been able to get any type of relief from the first round of the PPP. So how do you think this is going to impact the restaurants? It's going to impact them tremendously. So a lot of um, the restaurants that I work with were being very proactive when the PP program and some of the other SBA programs came out, they were very quick to apply because they wanted to get their applications in and then just see where it was going to pan out, see what they could get. And if they wound up having to pay it back, it was going to be a reasonable rate, right? But at least it was something that was in the bank for them to be able to rely on and use and then figure it out. And then the rules were changed the next day, the rules were changed the next day, the rules were changed the next day. Um, And then everybody saw that it was really going to be a problem, so a lot of people jumped in and did it. Uh, We had uh, a North Carolina Executive Roundtable, uh, which I'm the president of, we had at our virtual luncheon uh, somebody from the SBA to come and explain all their programs to everybody in the businesses. And and then they ran out of money. Right. So now there's nothing to be had, and now it's going to start all over again. So when did the rules change, and where is the money coming from? but it's going to, that's not enough. The small businesses don't have enough. What did the big companies, and now we're seeing a lot of the universities, the higher education people that got multi-million dollars where they have billions and billions of dollars in assets and revenue streams that really don't need it, that are really just equating almost to the amount of money that they pay their president of the universities. Right? And the small business guy who doesn't have an arena named after him, right? doesn't own a professional team right. or anything else, can't struggle to stay alive. And where are those employees going to go? And there's going to be a good 10 to 15 percent of restaurants that don't make this. And then there'll be another 15, 20, 30 percent that don't make it to the end of the year. So what is, impact is that going to have on everybody? Well, that's what I'm seeing is... My prediction is it's going to be about 30% of the restaurants are not going to make it. And um, the way that it was kind of a jump in and, um, uh, you know, get your get your forms put in so quickly, many companies weren't able to get it. Um, You know, for disclosure, we weren't able to get it either, even though we were in line very early. Um, You know, mobiles does not qualify as a startup. Uh, our parent company, WTE, does qualify. We have a good number of employees. There was quite a bit of confusion around, uh, you know, on what number do you take to be your payroll number because we pay out benefits, we pay out this. So um, it was a lot of late night looking at the numbers, seeing what kept changing. But I fear that there are so many small restaurants that don't have a CPA on speed dial like WTE did and don't have a full-time controller and CFO like WTE does. I know every restaurant in uh, in Hillsboro and I would bet that the um, majority of them don't have that type of access to the resources to be able to get everything filed which put them at a disadvantage for it. Uh, I think that's going to be 
very true of, of a lot of places. Um, or the and, fact that they're true mom and pop operations and the owner is buying the product, preparing the food, serving the food, cleaning up, doing the scheduling, paying the bills. Well, and that's half right? the food Do, trucks right? for sure. Right. And mean, don't have the knowledge, right? Not that, the, not that they don't have the desire, but don't have the knowledge to do it correctly. And there are so many things that you can make a mistake on that disqualify you for. Uh, it's, it's very difficult. Yeah. Uh, and it's not really fair, right? Because small business, particularly the food business, is the backbone uh, of this country. You know, if the food business goes down, um, it's going to have a huge impact. And we're already seeing that trickling effect, right? You right. Know, tons of potatoes hanging around because nobody's going out for burgers and fries anymore. Well, what I <clears throat> see as the big problem here is that these funds were meant to try to help keep Main Street in small towns alive. And, and that's not where it ended up. And that's not where it's going to end up. And it never does. The thing is, is uh, being in business my whole life and my family being in business this whole life, is sooner or later you have to figure out what you're going to do yourself and not rely on anybody. You went into business because you wanted to rely on yourself and no one else. So now what are you going to do? If you're going to sit there and wait for somebody else to take care of you, you're going to fail. Right. So right now the smart operators, the people that I am working with, are planning on how the other side of this looks, what are the different variables, and how are we going to prepare to be what we need to be? How are we going to change it? If you're a brick-and-mortar restaurant, how are you going to move to family style, move that ticket price up? You're not going to have sit down for a good long while and a good percentage is going to go away. How are we going to do more takeout? How are we going to be takeout friendly? How are we going to have pickup windows? How are we going to have drive pickup windows? How are we going to have curbside pickup to get away from some of the fees that you see from all these delivery services? Right? Or how are we going to deliver it ourselves? Right, To go back to just the way grocery stores used to do it or the local pizza shop, you know, put somebody in the car and send it out there. How are we going to do that and change it? Because you're going to have to adapt and improvise on your own. And again, I think the food trucks are in a much better spot because they're already able to be much more versatile to yeah. be able to bring the end, and end what, game result. What I see is the versatility of the food trucks will help them. I do think that certain restaurants, uh, ones that already have, um, you know, computerized POS systems and touchless electronic payments, are in a much better position than those who are having to rush and try to put something in. Um, you know, the the restaurants that are used to doing the uh, carbon ticket and you know the old swipe the the card in the machine, they're definitely at a disadvantage, and and I see that that's going to be a huge, you know problem for those restaurants that are definitely the mom and pops right it's going to be the online mobile ordering um, the ability to pick it up yourself in easy fashion right curbside or the like uh, and then the mobile pays you know so that there is nothing trans you know coming across anybody's hands there's nothing to it other than the product and that's it that that's the way that's the way it'll go and I do envision that you will wind up with it 
food trucks going to a community, to a spot, predetermined that they're going to be there, having orders put in ahead of time so that they know what they need to do and prepare, uh, and then be able to be there, prepare it ahead of the pickup, and then it done rather than just what we normally are experiencing, coming up and deciding what we want uh, to be able to go. Because, and then I think that will make food trucks much more efficient to be in a lot of places at designated times. Right? You know, back when I was in the butcher and Italian deli business with our family, <clears throat> I remember going to the meat markets early in the morning, right, five o'clock, four o'clock in the morning, and you had those trucks, right, that pulled up that were all stainless steel, and there was the coffee that was on the back, and he flipped up the side, and there was your sandwiches and your pastries and everything else like that, but he, he was going to be there at a designated spot, knew when everybody was coming out, there was their thing, and then boof. That's where you went, and then he closed his doors, and then boof, he drove off, and he went to his designated other spot. I think you will start seeing food trucks go back to what some of those coffee cantina trucks were like, you know, to get to multiple different locations, right? And then be able to prep their food in the commissaries to a way to be able to produce it quicker for everybody to be Well, there. that's uh, the, uh, the breakfast service is something we've been trying to get trucks to do. I think we're going to find many more of them now. We're going to go, yes, we will serve a breakfast service because they had been very much lunch and then back to the commissary because they're doing dinner and bar, mm -hmm. you know, or they're not doing dinner. They're just doing the bar service. So, and, and do you think that's because, you know, you look at it and say, I get done with my night on the food truck. I get back. I can park my truck. I clean it. I've got a certain amount of things that I'm going to be able to do as prep, right? And then I'm going to go home, I'm going to relax, take care of all my book work and everything else like that. And then I'm going to get up early in the morning and then I'm going to do all my prep and everything else for I need for lunch and then get out on the road to be able to do it. So it's what kind of products are food trucks going to be able to do with minimal prep work, right? And that are portable for people. To be able to get to that because otherwise you're going into the breakfast lunch and dinner aspect of it right and is that going to be too taxing on it on a food truck so what what can be done with minimal prep you know i mean i look at it and say you know a breakfast burrito right you know what, what could be made well the trucks that definitely have the advantage are things that are uh quicker and easy to cook um something that uh, they can uh, deliver out very quickly. I think that's why empanada trucks do very well at lunch because the you know the main part of the food's very uh, cooked already. Now dessert trucks like the ice cream truck and um, uh, some of those do well because they have very little uh, loss. You know everything that they have on the truck they can use the next day. Mm -hmm. So I think you got to look at some of those aspects uh, for a food truck as well. You are right. I mean the reason why they weren't doing breakfast, lunch, and dinner because that dinner is actually dinner slash, you know, the brewery, which may end up being pretty late at night. Mm -hmm. um, and we have also seen and, and talking with the trucks, a lot of them will go and they'll do their lunch service. Then after their lunch service on the way back to the commissary, pick up additional food. So that's where they're hitting the um, uh, the supplies. They're hitting, a, they're hitting the restaurant depot, they're hitting the grocery store, they're hitting wherever to pick up additional food to cook for the next service. 
But now that bar brewery is not going to be a late night item for them anymore, right? Because you're not going to have as many people there, so you're not gonna, the, the food truck operators are not going to get a big bang for their buck to be there. So it may be limit more limited hours that you're yeah. going to be there during a time where you're just going to minimize your time, and then now you have some more time on the back end to be able to prepare it. So whereas before, maybe you were at a, a brewery, you know, until 11 o'clock at night, well, now you may not be there. You may be pulling out at 7.30, 8 o'clock. Well, what I hope a lot of operators are getting is that what it was is not what it's going to be. You know, it's, it's going to be different. So it's We're going to have to be able to adapt and improvise, and most businesses will not be able to pick up and move to where the business is but a food truck can right exactly yep well i think this is a good time to transition into the next question or the next uh discussion that we want to have and that that's in regards to the whole uh delivery operations there are involving the small businesses and companies like grubhub uh, foods be um, and different services like that. Uh, we've been beginning to see uh, an uptick in the importance of DoorDash, Grubhub, uh, Uber Eats, and stuff like that. You know, it used to be where they got a couple of orders through these companies um, in a week, but now it's becoming their main source of income. And we've also been seeing that these companies are still charging their full uh, sales fees and restaurant fees to these small businesses. So what type of, um, you know, what do you see coming forward with these companies and how they can affect the small businesses or do you see the small businesses taking it into their own hands and figuring out how to deliver on their own to save the extra expense that they get from these services? It's a great question, Donald. So you have to go back and look at the history of how some of these companies came into play. So being in New York and New Jersey, particularly New York, right? All my years with Duncan Brands, 35 years as a multi-unit operator, um, how was a Dunkin' Donuts in Manhattan going to compete with a local restaurant uh, that had somebody delivering, right? I mean, we have relatives that are still there. You know, one person at home can order Thai, somebody else can order Italian, right? And then somebody's showing up and bringing it all, and it's relatively inexpensive. So in the, in the rush to get as much business as we can and giving everybody the options that they want, everybody started looking at delivery. And in the quick service industry, people were saying, well, how can I afford to now start doing this delivery uh, between the legal aspect, the insurance, right, and efficiency? So all of a sudden, there were these companies that were created that decided that they would do that and then bring on a fee. And the fee wasn't so bad because it wasn't a huge part. It was an option. You may be a loyal customer and come into our Dunkin' Donuts three times a week, maybe four times a week, 
maybe even five, but you know what? Maybe in the middle of the afternoon you wanted something, but you didn't want to come down and come get it, and somebody would deliver it, so you didn't mind. It was an add-on. It was a little bit of something. And you didn't mind that fee, just like we didn't mind those fees when we decided to move from cash to credit because it was a necessary evil to be able to compete, right? So these companies built a system to do something that nobody else wanted to do, right? That they didn't want to get their hands dirty doing it. Now they're doing it. So now the businesses are relying on them heavily because they don't have a system to deliver, and these companies are. I think it's not fair to these businesses to put them in a bad light because these are what our fees were. They haven't changed their fees from what they are. It's just that the business model for these individual businesses is different because now everything is takeout or pickup, and now they have to pay anywhere from 10, 15, up to 30% and fees for the, for the product. So that add-on cost is a bigger draw on their already shrinking P&L. So there are some that are saying we're going to waive our fees or defer them, really, but you're going to wind up having to pay, just like your landlord may say that you're going to defer your rent or the utility will defer the payment, you're still going to have to pay, right? You know, you still, the income tax is going to be deferred, but you're still going to have to pay, right? And there may be interest. I think that what you'll see is businesses will then, who are resourceful, will say, how am I going to do that myself? And we saw it on the news last night. A gentleman in Florida has a business and decided that he was going to invest in vehicles to deliver it rather than pay the fee because he did the analysis on it so it was more cost effective for him to do it himself and control it. I think businesses will have to decide on their own what they need to be able to do to get it there. right? And I think you'll see a move away from it. It's supply and demand. If you believe in economics, here was something that was needed. There was, We'll supply it and there's a demand for it. Now, you can't wrap them on the knuckles and say lower the cost because they've invested in the money to be able to create it. Yeah, from the restaurant standpoint, it was the uh, you know, non-traditional revenue stream. It was incremental revenue coming through uh, Uber Eats and DoorDash and Grubhub, Postmates. But, um, and with the user picking up a lot of the fees, such as the uh, two to four dollar delivery fee and the you know the dollar to a dollar or the dollar to 250 uh, service fees and additional taxes and tip and all that but the uh, the uh, restaurant owner you know didn't mind paying 15 percent 20 percent of the food costs on that but now when that's so much of his margins he doesn't have the uh, margin off of the high ticket items going out anymore He's having to work on such a small, razor-thin, you know, margin that uh, these these services are definitely cutting into their cost. And and the margin margins were thin to begin with during good times, right? Right. And now they're even worse. So now it's 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 extremely obtrusive number, right? But I think that the other thing you're going to look at is that look at it from the guest point of view, right? I mean, you had a work session, and you ordered some food, and if you had ordered that food and picked it up, let's say it was $40. Right. But it was delivered, it cost you 60 
right? Well, you you expensed that, so you weren't really did it because it was a necessary thing you did, and twenty dollars was, you know, you were able to cover that cost. Right. Now, at the beginning, when things were the way they were, and people still had money, right, and some people still had jobs, uh, to be able to pay that a little extra was not so bad. But now, as we're starting to get into four, six weeks of this, depending upon who you are and where you are, how many people are willing to spend that extra money as a consumer for that service? So, you're going to see a little bit where the restaurant owners are going to figure it out and then am I really want to spend that money to do it myself well geez no but what if I what if I have a food truck now come into my community and do a community drop-off or they're going to be planted there for a while well that alleviates all the problems right and when you have the technology to be able to order it ahead of time pay for it ahead of time and say hi my name is Don Comandi. I'm here to pick up my order. Great. What's your code? Oh, okay. Here you go. Right. Right. Exactly. You're off to the races. They had the techno. The technology is there. It's a very disruptive environment that we're in. It's who is going to create the technology that's going to help us alleviate the pain points, right? And then who's going to embrace that and then be able to deliver it? And I think the food trucks are the ones that are poised to be able to do it. Yeah. Well, the other thing that we see from the businesses, we've had a big explosion of businesses that are not just food trucks in, in the mobile platform, which is one reason for this podcast is we get to talk about all the other stuff that is coming about. And one of the exciting parts that uh, we're getting feedback on is um, the mobile fitness facilities you know, that we've been talking to. So who wants to go into the you know gyms are going to open up here kind of early you got to you know every other treadmill but um, you know like uh, red rover from YMCA it's step class outside so that's a very safe thing to do because you're naturally socially distanced in a normal class to begin with you're not inside uh, uh, also the things about you know i think spiffy's going to do well from they're doing sanitization of cars, so for fleet cars or you know just general cleanliness of the cars. But now I don't want to take and get my car serviced. So it's now you can have that done in the parking lot wherever your car is, whether it's at the house, at at uh, your office, or you know another location. But they've moved off because I know people who've gotten into that, and um, some of the fleet work is down because of the amount of rental cars that are not. Oh, absolutely. The rental business right now is terrible. But it'll still have a niche uh, on it uh, there. So one of the other businesses that we have that we do in our business consulting, business advising, is helping people find a business as a career option, and particularly in the franchise realm. Um, Because, again, being in Dunkin' Donuts for 35 years, I'm pro-business, but really pro-franchise, right? It's a business in a box. Right. One of the booming businesses right now is that mobile um, exercise business. Uh, It's hard to find a territory, and I have clients all over the country. It's hard to find a territory that's available. And people who are learning about and exploring this opportunity are buying up massive territories because they see what it is. Because this is going to be the future. This is when we talk about what do we need to do now as owners to be proactive of where we're going to wind up being. This is it, right? 
people are going to not be going to the big boxes, unfortunately, anymore to do. To get on pieces of equipment that somebody else touched. To go into locker rooms to change or whatever else. There was already an indication that many people in the mature levels were not comfortable with that, particularly females. And so the smaller boutique fitness shops were coming about. And now we move really quickly from the boutique to how am I coming to your home, right? Or how am I doing it in a parking lot or somewhere else that, that's there? Huge business. And again, what are we talking about? What's the same thing? It's, a, it's an opportunity and <clears throat> the business is mobile. It's coming to the person, right? right? We're talking about restaurants, right? The restaurants want to figure out how they can get to the guests. Well, you know, and what are the costs of doing that? And it still comes back to a food truck. The food truck can get right to there. And oh, by yeah. the way, you want to work out? Well, walk down your four flights, right? right. <laughs> go, go pick it up. Well, we we have seen that. No Tele- charge. Uh, okay. <laughs> we we have seen a resurgence of uh, uh, a company we pick on every now and then, Peloton, that um, has actually been selling a lot. Uh, where they were selling a lot to uh, property management because every property needed to have a couple Pelotons. Um, we are seeing them be successful selling to the homes, um, but um, you know we're, we're, we do keep hearing that there's a lot of people because they're at home, they have access to food all the time, gaining a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. Me particularly, I've actually lost 10 pounds. I don't know if necessarily tell that or not, but I think it's because I'm not eating food truck food and eating out. Uh, Four days a week. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I'll agree with you because you know Donald tells us you know at home you know <laughs> some of the things you guys go out and eat and it's like oh my gosh I think I know <laughs> I mean, you know it's like you know being in the donut business everybody said wow you're so thin for being in the donut business for so long but you get so used to them that you don't eat them right yeah right? you never brought them home so yes but um, but but a lot of the food truck operators. Um, when they see us, they, they, a lot of them like us, and um, uh, we have been given a lot of food that they want us to taste and mm-hmm. and, uh, and and everything. So there have been times where you go, oh, do I really want to, you know, have lunch and dessert? But you have to have the dessert. And by the way, um, you know, the the dessert truck is going to give you a sampling of everything on the truck. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, we've been kind of lucky to sample a lot of good food truck food uh and and i will say that we've done well to uh work with some of the best operators uh, around the area um there have been a couple that have uh not been necessarily the best and and they are a great group uh especially the ones that have relocated from like uh, i will point out somebody who's relocated from philadelphia who um you know, if you want to give opinion on food in the food truck business, um, be sure to ask uh, somebody from a northern food truck uh, heritage who has come down to North Carolina. Because mm. he definitely will tell us how it is. Mm. So, so, so you know, Eric, you do look stealth, right? No. So you're looking good. And I really want to make sure, I'm really concerned about your health. So the thing is, is if you yeah. ever, you know, need somebody to go and sample these foods for you, because, you know, I want you to keep the weight off. Right. I'm offering out my services. Well, I'll, I'll go out and I'll taste it and I'll give you a, a rundown on them all. But yeah. we, we, could, we could always create that endless vicious cycle of using the food trucks and tasting their food and then going to the 
mobile gyms and working out at them, you know, testing out their equipment and just keep that cycle going. <clears throat> yeah, know? and every time we've done an event, though, um, uh, it's more been about we have got the lunch and then we add the dessert. We have yet to do one where we've had lunch and added the fitness aspect to it. Yeah. So we probably do need to do one of those uh, and, and cycle one of those through. Uh, but, um, you know, well, the, the, the fitness the... people want to meet at like 7 in the morning. Right. Ridiculous. Well, well down maybe... in North Carolina, it gets hot when you're at the lunchtime. Yeah. Well, what about, you know... Instead of running that generator, let's look at a little green thing. Maybe we could put that, you know, exercise equipment on and hook it up to the generator and kind of way and get on there and generate a little bit. Of, right? I mean, yeah, come on, work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Somebody will have, run on the treadmill. Somebody will have a truck out there tomorrow. Food, run, run on food the and treadmill. fitness, F and F. Yeah. All right, well... We hope that you took away some valuable information from this podcast that we we had. And, you know, the main thing here was understanding that as small businesses, you know, food trucks or service mobile trucks, that everything is going to be a little bit different once we ha- see things opening back up. And, you know, restaurants are not going to be the same. Food service is not going to be the same. Your mobile gyms are obviously not going to be the same with sanitary restrictions and stuff like that. And, you know, even other restrictions for doing laundry and having mobile laundry services are going to be different. So start to understand that you have to look for those things that are going to make you uh, be able to survive with the new normals and what's going to make you stand out and follow the rules and regulations that people are going to want to start see uh going to want to start seeing implemented into the different small businesses around and if you have any questions or concerns please don't hesitate to reach out to us uh you can reach us at mobiles uh by emailing us at vendor support at mobiles.com uh you can also reach out to us on social media on facebook at mobiles underscore uh com and then Same thing on Instagram, it's mobiles underscore com.